What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Tuesday, December 31st, 2013, the last day of 2013, everybody. It is New Year's Eve, and uh, I'm ready to uh, go down to the city and do these shows tonight. It's going to be an amazing lineup. Uh, the club has been packed, and... Uh, you know it should be uh, it should be great. I do want to be home with my family instead, to be honest. But um, love working, love working always. But you know, love working on big nights like tonight. So it should be a lot of fun. The crowd should be into it. It should be a great time. Um, and yeah, and this is the last podcast of the Verzi Effect 2013 episode uh, 142. And, um, you know, what can I say? It's been, um, it's been a great year, uh, some great things, some, some, some sad things. We'll, we'll get into all that stuff with, um, with the year, you know, we'll talk some, some resolutions and all that. Got an unacceptable, uh, talk a little sports, which was an unbelievable NFL, uh, you know, week 17 with all those playoff implications, uh, unbelievable games. Going to get into all that stuff. Um, so, but first I want to, um, I want to talk about something that I did for the first time ever. Uh, I was asked, I got a phone call on Christmas night. We're going to talk about Christmas too. Uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to do that. I'm going to talk about Christmas first and then I'll get into what happened. Um, Christmas was great. I hope all of you guys had a great, um, Christmas. If you don't celebrate Christmas, I hope your holidays were great. Um, our Christmas Eve and Christmas was awesome. My family comes over on Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve has always been the big one for me and my family, um, you know, you know, my siblings, you know, mother, everybody comes to the house and it's just relaxed and we watch movies and we hang and, uh, I had a great time, had a great time doing that. And, um, Bill Burr, I mean, Christmas Eve, I'm, we're opening gifts and I'm thinking, man, you know, I'm into cigars. I like cigars. And, you know, I'm thinking, is somebody going to buy me cigars? And I swear to God, Christmas Eve night, the door knocks on, and it's a FedEx, and Bill Burr sent me five incredible cigars, and it was awesome. Um, and then me and my brothers actually went outside on my patio, and we had a little bit of whiskey, and we smoked these cigars up in the country. It was snowing. It was awesome. So that was really cool. And then Christmas Day comes, and I have 22 of my wife's relatives at the house for Christmas. And, um, you know, the house held up real good with uh, 22 people. It was cool. We had to adjust some tables, but the meal, I've never had a meal. We had pork. We had all these pork loins, and we had all kinds of sides and all this insane stuff, and I've never had pork this tender and amazing in my life. My uh, wife's cousin who just graduated and is like an orthopedic surgeon. His hobby is food. So while they were cooking it, he was like, you mind if I make a little rub for it? And this guy just took over the meat and it was, I've never tasted anything like it. And then, you know, everybody's exchanging the gifts and, you know, and then I got, it was really cool. It was, it was a really nice time. Both days were cool, relaxing. And, you know, for the first time having it in my house, you know, cause my wife and I both come from, you know, both, both come from divorced families and we always had to appease every side, you know, you go to your mom's, you go to your dad's and then she would have to do it. You're just driving around, you know, all over God's creation to fucking please people and, and to do that. And, you know, it's, it's, 
it sucks and it's shitty and selfish and people expect you to do things. And for once I was able to just sit in my house and have people come to us and it was awesome. And I hope everybody had a great holiday, got all the things they wanted and, you know, just stayed happy, healthy, safe and all that good stuff. Um, and I got a phone call. So this, this goes on to, to what to what I was going to say before is I get a phone call from uh, the booker, booker over at uh, Levity. And he's like, hey, man, he's like, uh, are you working this weekend? And I was like, no, you know, like tonight, the tw- the. Oh, I'm sorry, the 29th was supposed to be my day back to getting on stage after Christmas. I was going to have like three and a half, four days off and then go back. And um, I had, uh, you know, Friday, Saturday and Sunday off. But Levity calls me up on Christmas night and they were like, hey, man, you know, we're doing something different. We got this variety show. And right when I heard variety show, I was like, man, I don't know. And they were like, yeah, we got some entertainers coming in. We're going to have a magician. We're going to, we want to have like a comedian. We got to have, you know, we're going to have jugglers and we're going to have a, and I'm thinking to myself like, Jesus. And then I'm just like, um, you know, I've never done anything like that. And I've seen that in comedy and I've know all, you know, so many, so, you know, you, you always hear about stuff like that. And I was like, it's such a beautiful club and, and they were nice enough to call me. So I was like, what the hell, you know, I'll be the comedy version of this variety show. And I go out to uh, Levity on Friday, Saturday, and the mall was an absolute zoo. I mean, it was, you couldn't find a parking spot. And the parking situation at that mall is awful. But, I mean, people were just, it was an absolute zoo. And, you know, I, I was just like, man, this is this is crazy. But I get into the club and, you know, usually you go in the green room and there's, you know, your comedians and friends and peers and people you know in the business. And now it was like this juggling act was in there and then this magician. And, um, you know, so my thing was like to go up and like they, they wanted me to like, you know, I guess host it and, and kind of just, you know, let people laugh and, you know, kind of break them in and have kind of just like a an easy flow to the show and bring these guys up. And uh, I got to tell you, it was learning different experience <laughs> Um, but really cool. And, um, the magician, this dude, uh, Mark Calabrese, check him out, man. He's a young magician, really, really good. And, uh, he was actually out in Vegas consulting with some huge, uh, m- magicians out there. And, um, this guy, it was one of those things where like, you watch like David Blaine and Chris Angel do those card tricks where you write your name on a card and put it somewhere. Like he was doing shit like that in the green room. And like, he did this thing where like, cause, cause I know, like, I know people can't levitate and shit. You know, I, I know people can't fuck, you know, anybody watching that going, dude, dude could float. No, he can't float. You know, if he could float, he'd be fucking, you know, you, you can't, it's, it's all, it's all an illusion. It's all fake. And I get that. But the sleight of hand and the card tricks and cool stuff like that, I, I'm, I like, you know, it's cool to watch. So we're in the green room and stuff. And, um, you know, I was just you know, hanging out in between acts or just chilling out there, relaxing. I was waiting to eat or whatever. And um, Mark, like, grabs a deck of cards. And he's like, yeah, pick a card. And I pick a card. And I just put it back in, in the middle of the note, you know. And he just, you know, he figured it out in one second. That's your card. And I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, you yeah, know, that's not that impressive, right? And, like, they do a build-up, you know. Like, uh, they do a build-up to the next big, you know, the next trick, which will be bigger. So, so he goes, grab a marker. He goes, why don't you write your name, how you want to write it on this, on the, on that same card. So I write my name in marker on the card, and um, and he goes, you know, put it anywhere you want. And I literally, I'm not even bullshitting. Like, I mean, I know it's sleight of hand, but it was so impressive and sick 
that I, I write my name in marker on this fucking... And you guys, if you know me and you listen, you know that I would not be a skeptic, but I would be like, yeah, whatever, it's fucking magic. But I'm not kidding. I wrote my name on this card. I put it in the deck. He, As I put it in the deck, I watch him put it in the deck. I push it in the deck, and his hands don't go anywhere. And this is what really fucked me up. And then my card was in his pocket instantly, though. So it was like the weirdest... I mean, it was sick. And then he had me like looking in my pockets and stuff and it was up in the air. I mean, it was wild shit. So uh, really cool to be like at first I was like, man, I'm fucking hosting a, a variety show. This is really weird and they're doing everything. But it's actually really cool. And, and um, the funny thing was, though, the, the first shows of the night, like the, the early show Friday and early show Saturday were kids. So like I'm up there and there's like fucking eight year olds in the crowd, five year olds in the crowd. And then. It's rated R on the 10 o'clock show. So I went from being this like, hey, kids, what'd you get for Christmas? Doing like these like little jokes and asking kids stuff and talking to their parents to then like doing like a spitting on a dick joke, uh, you know, uh, later at night, which was pretty funny. But it it happened to be uh, a really cool learning experience. And, um, you know, check out Mark Calabrese. Uh, the, the other guy, the juggling act guys. I think their name was Jason and Eric, dudes from Connecticut. They were uh, they were good, you know, jugglers and stuff, and they did some stuff. But um, you know, I, I it was different. It was fun, and um, yeah, really really cool. So just wanted to to thank everybody who uh, I got a couple of nice compliments at the show because you know when you're doing comedy and you're having to. You know, and other people are like, you know, fucking catching machetes and, you know, making shit, you know, disappear and reappear and doing stuff like that. You know, it's hard to just go up there and be funny, but um, something different. So I guess I guess 2013 wanted me to get, you know, everything you could possibly get in. Uh, <laughs> so that was uh, that was that. And now we move on to uh, 2014, which is only hours away, mere hours away, ladies and gentlemen. Um, you guys are listening to the Verzi Effect podcast with me, your host, Paul Verzi, episode 142. Um, and, you know, I'm going to try to stick to the resolutions this year. You know, I, I am. My, my resolution for this year was to be was to curse less on stage, to be cleaner. And I had spurts of that, but I wasn't consistent enough. So what I'm going to do is I am going to try. I'm going to redo that. I'm going to re. I guess I'm going to recycle last year's New Year's resolution and try to really, you know, that and also, um, you know, lose a lot of weight. So I know that that's the thing. But here's the thing. People could hate on that and shit on it and do all that stuff. But. At the end of the day, if you're constantly thinking about it, then that means you somewhat are working on it, and that's why I never really became a huge, fat fucking mess. You know? Like, people are always like, oh, Paul, you're always on some kind of diet. You're always watching what you're eating, you know, and your body hasn't changed that much. Maybe you lost a little weight. It's like, okay, exactly. My body hasn't changed that much, and I'm losing a little weight. I'll take that. If I have to sound like a fucking idiot who talks about a diet all the time in order to have that happen, that's better than being some monster who's looking in the mirror, can't even recognize himself from 15 years ago because their neck and shoulders and ears all attach at the same place. It's fucking disgusting. There's nothing more. Somebody should be ashamed of themselves. If you look in the mirror here's what you do if you really want to feel like shit and you know you need to make a change look at a picture of yourself when you were 25 years old and then look at it now and if you look at it and it's that much of a difference you should be fucking ashamed of yourself you know 
And it's so stupid. Well, you know, you get older, you have kids. And shut up. That's stupid. That's silly. It doesn't matter that you have kids. What does that mean? You're just going to give up and become some fucking root beer drinking, candy eating dick because you, because life because that's what life says to do because that's what everybody else does. It's stupid. Take care of yourself. You know, I was eating cookies and shit, eating gummy bears. I was like, what am I doing? So that's the New Year's resolution. And, um, you know, I think that not everybody sticks to it. You're not going to stick to it. You're not going to stick to a New Year's resolution all the time. It's just something that you say. But if it's in the back of your mind because you repeated those thoughts, then, then then at least it's doing something. Like, even if you say, oh, man, you're totally fucking up your resolution. And even in that moment, you're like, all right, well, I guess I'm sort of doing it a little bit. But I'm going for it this year. I'm going for full-on skinny. I'm not even going for, like, like looking good. I'm going for full-on skinny. I want to lose weight. Like, I want people to be like, dude, are you all right? Like, I want to lose weight. I'm going for it. You know? Like I, at this point, I'll take supplements. I'm trying to get. I'm. I need to get. Ri- I need to have that like ripped tan, you know, after picture, once. Just you know, <laughs> uh, it was funny. We were watching. Uh, we were watching these like before and afters of like when you're fat or when you have a full head of hair or when you don't. And like the you know the way they show the the infomercial and then they show the guy before and then after. And I was sitting with my brother, and we just started cracking up because I just looked at him, and I, I just looked at one of the pictures, and I was like, I would fucking murder for that guy's before picture. <laughs> like, that guy, that guy's before picture. That's when you know shit's bad, when you look at somebody's before picture and you envy it. Um, but, you know, just to talk about 2013, and, and again... Uh, one of the best compliments I've ever get I, I get on the Verzi Effect podcast show. The coolest one is when people say, "Oh, you know, Verzi really seems like he cares about his fans and his listeners." And I do. You know, uh, I got to be honest. This is one of the um, other than than you know my family and my career, like stand up comedy and my family is 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 what I do and it's what I care about. And you know, when you don't really care about something, you're not as consistent with it, you don't do it all the time, you kind of half-ass it, you kind of do this and that, but when you care about something, and when you are happy to be giving a service to people that they like, you stick with it, and and that's exactly what's going on with, with the show, you know, um, I, I, you know, as much as getting some more sponsors on here, and, 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 you know, all that's cool, but I'm not asking for donations. I don't care about that. You know, yeah, I want to get some sponsors, of course, because the numbers are going up, and that'll eventually happen. But I do it because people are like, "Man, that shit was so funny. I love listening to your show. It makes me want to see you live." The best is when I'm at a show and I'm performing, and someone's like, "I'm a huge fan of your podcast, man, and I loved your set." And that, like that, that's why I do it. So um, the reason why this has been so consistent for three years is because of you guys, the kind compliments and being there. So I want to uh, thank everybody who listens to the show, downloads it, all the nice things you say about it and, um, you know, uh, for, for just being there for another year and, you know, let's continue to, you know, keep this thing and keep it growing. And, and if you like the show and you like the shit I talk about, please let a friend listen to it. It's better than listening to that radio bullshit, right? Did you hear Rihanna fucking pierced her ass and 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 and, and it's stupid, you know? 
In other news, fucking like Lady Gaga, you know, is like it's just it's you know I I love the fact that people are listening to entertainers and artists, comedians, you know, as their radio now. It's really cool. So um, thank you guys, and and I really appreciate it for another great year. Um, two two thousand and thirteen was um, it was it was great. It was just a year with everything, and that's why I said that up top. Like it's kind of fitting that like I decided to you know be on a variety host a variety show for you know levity live at the end because it's like what else this year but uh this was an amazing and and also sad year um i a huge goal of mine as a comedian and, and one of the dragons to slay was doing the montreal comedy festival and getting that was uh something that i'll never ever forget and it was amazing and you know what what it did for me just to just to be asked to be on um you know the you know the the with the greatest comedians in the world to be part of a festival that showcases the greatest you know the best comedians out there and and it, it was amazing so that um you know doing the access live at Gotham uh Gotham Comedy Live on Access TV was amazing and um going on tour with Burr and 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 opening for him and going on the tour bus and doing all those amazing theaters and to close it out uh, especially in the theater at the Beacon uh for the festival was amazing and um it was just you know it was just great just being recognized for what you do and and getting better at what you do and what you love to do uh also the podcast going up in numbers was great and um you know and then there was um you know some sad things losing my um losing my brother-in-law rest his soul um uh, Kevin, you know, it, it's really been, you know, tough for my, uh, you know, for my, my wife and, and her family. So, um, it's just been an up and down crazy, crazy year. Um, you know, watching my kids get older and, and, you know, be able to communicate more and, and all that stuff, buying a new home. Um, it's just been a lot and a ton of traveling and, and so much. And, um, you know, this show also gives me the opportunity to kind of let out a, a release as I'm saying that, I hear my son is blowing, um, you know, the 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 noisemakers for New Year's already. I guess they're getting ready, but um, yeah, it's been just a just a, an insane year. And um, you know, what can you, all you could do is put it behind you, and hopefully the next one is better. Um, that's all you got to look forward to. That's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to uh, just you know continuing to you know, to work and have a good time and, and produce, you know, produce quality comedy and, and, and creative stuff and, and, uh, you know, build the, the podcast, the Verzi Effect podcast show. So, uh, I saw something yesterday. So again, just in closing, thank you. And I hope everybody has a, a great and better 2014 than they did in 2013. Hold on a second. I think band going through the house all right um sorry about that <laughs> i'm sitting there i'm like you know my family i love my family go shut the f- <laughs> um but uh so i saw something hilarious and i gotta talk about this okay and this isn't unacceptable for the for the week i'll get into the unacceptable for the week after this but this is something i gotta talk about i'm up last night 
And uh, I had to run down to the city. I didn't want to because I was working Friday, Saturday. I did uh, two shows on Sunday. I did two Friday, two Saturday, two on Sunday. I just wanted to chill last night, but I needed to go and get this clean tape. So I ran down to the city with the cameras, got the tape, you know, know, doing all the stuff that I needed to do. Got home last night, and um, I'm just flipping through the channels. And I've talked about finding Bigfoot. <laughs> I've talked about finding Bigfoot before on the show, but now they've done they they've done one better. Okay, they've they've they were like, okay, I'm gonna see you're finding Bigfoot, and I'm gonna raise you this. And what it was was finding Bigfoot further evidence. Okay, that now that's what they're calling it. So so they have like the little. They have like this little offspring of finding Bigfoot, which is called further evidence. And then they, now they were in Australia and they're talking about these fucking Sasquatch, whatever you want to call it, these Bigfoots. They're talking like they're in the woods with them and nothing has ever fucking happened. I can't believe that the network, I mean, this is how people in the country are watching this at such a massive level. That they're watching grown adults run around with expensive equipment in the woods for multiple, multiple years, seasons, and still not finding shit. Like, that's the funniest. They, they haven't found dick. In, they haven't found anything. And they're just like, we have never, we have never seen or had a night like this. We just banged on a tree twice. And in the distance, it's always in the fucking distance. You notice that? It's always, it's always like, they're like, we just barked out loud. And in the distance, if you listen, you'll just hear like, you're like, that's definitely a squatch call. You don't even, it's never fucking been found. What do you mean that's definitely, do you understand it's the wild? Of course you're going to hear things. They get all, they're like, we have never seen activity like this ever. (laughs) <laughs> we, have, we have this is the closest he's here with us the, the guy was going he's here he's close then the one guy's going right before the commercial just to get you he's going oh my god they're right near me can somebody come here because i'm alone right now and then they put the infrared goggles on and they look and there's nothing like they're really good hiders they're really good at hiding and they actually got the nerve to call that show further evidence at this point, I, I said this on my Facebook status, and I, I really mean this. I hope it goes on for 20 to 25 more years, and I hope those people are old and gray, and they finally just get called on The Tonight Show or Letterman or whatever it is, where, whatever platform, and they just go, yeah, there, there's no fucking big. I mean, we, we, we searched it. We scoured it. We, we looked all over the world for fucking 40 years. There's nothing there because we would have found them. I dedicated my life. I lost five marriages because of this shit. Okay, looking for some big hairy fucking monkey. I almost wish the Bigfoots were there, just laughing their balls off, going like, "Let's just throw a stick and watch these idiots." It, it's the dumbest thing for finding Bigfoot. Further evidence is it's as insulting as it is hilarious. Did you hear that? We have never heard. We have never heard. A night like this. They are active. They are here. We might have had to get on an airplane for 30 fucking hours. But I'm telling you right now. There is a... like, And it's probably some wolf brushing up against something. 
They start making up nicknames for the calls. They're like, that's a Yowdy call. That is a Yowdy call right there. Did you hear that? Yeah, no other animal makes that. It's probably a bear just looking up at the sky, like yelling at like, who are these fucking humans? Oh, then this was a great one that the guy said yesterday. He goes, he goes, this is the thing. He said, while they were like calling for the Bigfoot, you heard a tree, you heard a, a tree branch snap. And he goes, up, oh, that's our call to leave. When you hear the tree snap, that's them saying, humans, we know you're here. Get out of here before something bad happens. I mean, if this is not the, if this is not the most, I can't believe that this shit is on TV. It's just, it, it's, because this is the best night we've had in the past 10 years. And the one guy's like, well, you know, I would say, I mean, I've had 50 better than this. What's it going to take? What's it going to take for these people to, I, I mean, I don't know. Just have a fucking Bigfoot come out and just fuck one of the guys and the other guy's screaming in horror. The other people just puke and leave and then like, and then the sh- and then can it finally end if that happens? I mean, can, can- <laughs> Oh, finding Bigfoot further evidence. It's, it's, it's America, it's what America is watching. Like, do they have to pitch it every year? Do they have to go into, with executives and go, all right, look, man, we're getting close. Okay, I'm telling you, we're getting close. We saw some footprints. Just give us another season. And these executives are like, all right, all right. And it just goes to show, because you know the executives don't believe in this shit. You know that nobody knows, you know. When creatures exist and die, they find bones, period. If you could explain, to, and I'm not going to lie, there was at one point I thought Bigfoot might have been real because I was drinking like two bottles of wine and uh, I was up in Vermont. I was drinking two bottles of wine. I was in a very cabiny type night and I, I was fucking loaded. And they said that that one famous clip of the thing walking with its arms, like the way that the hair swayed was in the 60s and no costume had hair that swayed like that. So I was like, oh, maybe it is real. I was drunk. And then I came to my senses and realized how fucking dumb it is to not find a bone. You have to find bones. You know, you yeah, you have to find a bone. But like... You know, the executives know that this isn't real. So this basically just means they're like, wow, this many dumb people are watching it. And I catch myself watching it. But that, I mean, to, to listen, finding Bigfoot is one thing to, but the further evidence is insulting. They had a handprint on one and it was like a big handprint clearly a bear that's what bears do bears come up to i mean if you know people that live in jersey that that black bear problem is all over the place they run up to the thing upstate new york the bears run up to glass windows they try to get you know and it's just trying to like take the, the 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 size of the hand ridiculous so i was just laughing my ass off last night i was like i have to talk about this the fact that they're calling this further evidence and I believe I want nothing more than to eat my words and have a big news story going, oh my God, first Bigfoot finally captured, Sasquatch is real, you know, and like the finding Bigfoot guys are just sitting there with like their foot on its chest, like they just slayed a dragon. I would love to see that. That would be great. And it would, you know, make me eat crow, whatever they say. But I, I mean, it's not going to happen. Okay, everybody. Unacceptable for the week is... 
and I've been doing the podcast for years. I don't know if I've done this one before. I did not look back, but since, you know, in light of uh, New Year's Eve and everybody going out, whether they go down to New York City or whether they go to the city that they're from or go to big clubs and anything like that, absolutely unacceptable to wait online or wait 15, 20 minutes for a drink. Okay. As, as an adult, and even though some people who don't consider 21-year-olds adults, Lord knows I didn't act like one at 21, but if you are a legal adult and you think it's cool to stand in line and then be at a packed place where your shoulders are touching somebody else's shoulders and it takes 20 minutes to get a fucking drink just so you could be cool and say you're in the city. It's unacceptable, and if you're a young listener to my podcast, if you're anywhere from 18 to 21 and you're going to do some drinking and stuff, I'm pr- I promise you right now, listen to me. Unfortunately, I'm not proud of this, but I'm an old pro when it comes to partying and going out and doing that stupid shit, and I thought it was so cool back then. Do yourself a favor. Get with your close buddies, the people you love and care about the most. Sit around at somebody's house. Go to a quiet lounge where nobody wants to go. Drink your ass off and have a designated driver and have a good time. That's what you need to do. This whole idea of standing outside on a line of a nightclub with some fucking power-fueled asshole with a clipboard letting people in is unacceptable. And then you wait and you have to scream your drink at a bar and the bartenders hating every minute because they have a million people there. Unacceptable. Grow up. Okay, it's New Year's Eve. Have a good time and actually enjoy it. Don't get somewhere at 1030 and have four drinks because you were waiting online and getting bumped into. Unacceptable. Excuse me, can I get a... And then your friends, while you're ordering, your friends are asking for drinks. Let me get... What do you want? Ask them real quick. Ask them. A rum and... Can I get those? So make it three Coronas and a rum and... Oh, fuck it. All right. All right, John wants what to... I need four Coronas and two rum and Cokes. Ah, shit, I missed her. Fuck. And the bartender... It's so stupid. Just go hang out and do that. But don't go too shitty. I remember one year... One year I was dating this girl and she was like, yeah, we're just going to lay low and go to my cousins. And we went to her cousins and it was me and it was like this boring, awful time just like sitting in the woods. And it was just like so, it was just so like underwhelming and awful. So you got to have the nice mix. You got to be around all the people you want to be in, but do not wait in lines. Waiting in line, I'm adding waiting in lines to this unacceptable. Waiting in lines waiting to get a drink, any of that shit where you're just a fucking cattle call and a sheep in the, is it's unacceptable. Stop it. You're a grown adult. You and your buddies, you go, you go into a liquor store, like the mature adult that you are, you buy the bottles of shit you want, you buy the mixers, you get loaded up that way. If you want to go out, you go out, you hang out, you see a couple of people, but you don't wait online for anything. And if there is a line, you say, fuck it, you go somewhere else and you still got the booze. And then you could eventually go to someone's house and enjoy it, have a little after party, reminisce about the past year, talk about the future, your shit like that. Or if your friends are smart, you have a private bar, which was already ordered. That's a cool one too. Having the bar reserved for all your buddies. I, I went to one of those. Like some bars have a big party downstairs, but they have like a little tiny like 50-person thing, and you could get like a little deal with food and drinks, and you meet all your buddies over there. That's another cool one. Do that. But do not wait online. In the cold? Are you out of your mind? In the cold weather? Waiting online to listen to them 
just Blair fucking Rihanna and Justin Timberlake and you got to scream in your friend's face because you can't hear a thought. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Those are the people that deserve to puke and have an awful morning because they had an awful night. It's just all shitty the whole way around. I'm doing it different. Tonight I'm going into the city. I'm doing the 10 o'clock. I'm doing the 8 o'clock and the 10 o'clock shows at the stand. Great lineups, me, Joe DeRosa, uh, Wyatt Zanak, Judah Freelander, Dan St. Germain, Rachel uh, Feinstein, you know, great, great lineups, and um, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do my job, maybe have a little toast down there, and as soon as that show's over, I'm getting in the car, and I'm coming up, and I'm hanging out with my family, and I'm going to chill on, on New Year's Day, that's what I'm doing, enough of this shit, there's no reason to do, there's no reason for it. And the crazy thing is people get dressed up and they they waste the day putting themselves together and it's all good and you're all excited. And then for what? To just stand around? If you think about the time you stand around and then God forbid you got to go to the bathroom. You're standing on the bathroom line for 10 minutes to take a piss. Oh, it's the worst. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. I hope if, if this podcast right now changed one person's mind, I, I, I've done my job. If one person and their stupid friends were going to go out and do that shit tonight, I just I am hoping that they listen to this and go, yeah, why don't we just go to John or Jen's? I don't know. I'm fucking coming up with names. Why don't we just go there and just get some booze and hang out and watch the ball? Why, why do we need to? And, and, and that's another thing that's overrated. I did that, going down to the city, drinking on the train, coming back, trying to find a spot at Times Square when you're like 17 football fields away from anywhere that's important. And you look up and the ball drops and you hear people screaming and it's over in a second. And there's confetti flying in your mouth in the freezing cold. People are throwing shit from the buildings and you're like, all right, now we got to get on the train and come back home. What, to say that you did it? Stupid. Unacceptable for the week. Don't do it. Finding Bigfoot further evidence and waiting in a line. I'll combine the two. <laughs> it's just not so ridiculous. Unacceptable, everybody. So that's unacceptable for the week. Um, don't do it to yourselves. Enjoy yourself. Now, movies. Uh, I am sorry, everybody. I was literally next to the theater ready to go see Wolf of Wall Street, which I've heard great things about. And I'm sure it'll be great because... Um, I heard there's some great like cold calls and sales techniques and that's what I was doing, you know, when I was uh, 21 years old and I had my first sales job, I was, you know, I would cold call, I would uh, knock doors and do that. So I love that shit. So I really got to see that. Plus, I love Boiler Room. And uh, I I was kind of conflicted about this because I don't know if you guys saw that letter that that young girl wrote or she wrote a letter and showed a picture when she was young with her and her father next to the private jet and this guy had worked with the guy that Leonardo DiCaprio portrays in the movie and was just saying that don't see the movie it ruined my life my father ruined my identity and you know made me owe money and I had to change my name and Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio were glorifying this awful man who stole hundreds of millions of dollars from people and um, you know, and, and and is out of jail, and and still didn't pay it all back, and they're they're making it look cool. And I thought about that, and 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 you know, but then towards the end of it, she kind of plugged like a book of a friend or her book, and it kind of was just like, are you doing it for that? And then I also thought of it like this: she makes a good point. Let's be honest. But I saw American Gangster, 
which showed Frank Lucas in a light where you rooted for him and he was a ruthless killer. Um, I watched The Iceman, awful. You know, I watched Goodfellas and I and I, I loved some of the characters, some brutal, awful characters like Joe Pesci. So I, I, I like where's the line drawn? You know? Like when it comes to movies that you know they're portraying a real evil person and Hollywood glorifies that person, is that gonna make you not go to the movie? And I'm like, no, because I wanna be entertained. I'm not going there for a fuck. I'm going there because this something was produced that is interesting. It's true. You want to see how it unfolded and how it happened, and you kind of want to see the the what the guy did, good, bad, or whatever. So, part of me was like, "Wow, listening to this girl talk about her life being ruined," but um, I still want to see the story because the story is is interesting and 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 it's a it's a true story, and that's what you pay for. You know, I'd much rather see that than some you know bullshit fake story that is some shitty movie that they just put together at least you know if martin scorsese does it leonardo dicaprio's in it you know you know i heard jonah hill's great in it so i i definitely want to see it and i'm going to see it um i'm going to see it tomorrow so that will be my first movie and that's pretty fitting to have my first movie review of the new year will be a Scorsese a new Scorsese DiCaprio movie so I'm, I'm looking forward to that I will review that and let you guys know but I already know it's going to be great because I heard it's great uh, the movie that I'm hearing mixed things about is American Hustle and I love seeing people fighting on Facebook about it because like you know um, I don't really like optimistic moviegoers. They annoy the shit out of me. Like people that like everything. You know, like people that like they find a way to like everything. Those are good people in reality, in real life. They're they're good people. You know, because they, they want to find the good. You know, if they see, you know, if they see something bad, they kind of want, and that's a good person because they're trying to, but you got to be realistic about it. You know, if, if, if something didn't happen, if a movie was shitty, so that's what I love about it. I love, you know, because I wanted nothing more than to come on here and talk about how great Anchorman 2 was. But I had to say, I was a little disappointed in it. But I'm going to see it again. And, you know, sometimes those, you know, Adam McKay movies and, and you know, Farrell movies, you need to see more than once. But I think that, um, you know, I want to see American Hustle and give, uh, you know, an honest thing about that. But I have a lot of movies to see. I got to see Captain Phillips. I got to see, um, I wanted to see Homefront. Is that the one? Homefront, was it? Or out of the furnace. There's a bunch of them that I wanted to see, so I'm gonna hopefully have a couple. But I will, I will have uh, Wolf of Wall Street will be on there. Maybe we'll do a little movie hopping, do a little Wolf of Wall Street, American Hustle in the same day. See what happens. There's something about American Hustle which already kind of annoys me though, with the, like some things that I saw in the coming attraction. But I, I'm gonna look past it and I'm gonna see. Uh, I'm gonna look past it and just watch the movie for what it is and see what happens. Um, so that will be next week. Now we got to get into what was an amazing, uh, week 17 of the NFL one in which we haven't seen in years. Okay. There has been in my life, I cannot remember a week 17 that had so many playoff implications, like, like team, so many teams went into 17 saying, Oh my God, if this happens, we're in, we're not out of it yet. Like you probably had more teams still available for the playoffs in week 17 than you'll ever see. And the two big games were, and I had to work, so I missed, of course, I missed pieces of all of them, but 
Um, the Packers and Bears game was amazing. That bullshit penalty, though, on the and I, I could care less because I'm a Giants fan, but you know, you know, the NFL is struggling when it comes to penalties and officiating when they call that 15 yards on Aaron Rodgers when that guy, that number 99, that big fucking dude. Um, didn't even do anything, and they called 15 yards. It's just a continuation of the play in fast motion. It looked like nothing. It was one of the worst calls I've ever seen, and uh, it gave total momentum to the Packers, and it fucked the Bears. But uh, that Aaron Rodgers throw, fourth and eight, that guy can't be that open. That's a t- total defensive break. That's a tough one, man. If you're a Bears fan, that's a tough one. But what a game coming down to the end. I remember I got off stage and I was running in looking in the thing. And um, and then the Eagles, that Eagles-Cowboys game, Kyle Orton looks like he could be a hero, go down, and then the first play of that drive with a little bit of time left, you know, all they got to do is go 30 yards. They're in field goal range. They could kick it to win by one, and he throws a pick. That's tough. Oh, man. And I could care less because, you know. I mean, I'm a Giants fan, so watching the Eagles and Cowboys beat the shit out of each other is great to me. I, I could care less. You know, it's 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 just, I mean, they could be bad every year. I, I don't care, but it was like watching Jerry. How hard has it got to be too? Like Jerry Jones gives you ten million dollars, and then you just throw a pick to like lose a season. You see him screaming in the booth. It's got to be like, what do you say? Like, hey, Merry Christmas, or. <laughs> See you next year. Happy New Year. You know, what are you going to do? Appreciate the cash, but, uh, you know. But I got to tell you something, man. Speaking of the Philadelphia Eagles, okay, this kid, Shady McCoy, LaShawn McCoy, I've not seen a guy like this. This is the best running back I've seen since LaDainian Tomlinson. I'm not even kidding. And, and I should say Adrian Peterson, but, you know, Adrian Peterson is now, you know, he's, he's kind of injuries, and then he comes back and has a great year, and he could have that, like, 250-yard game, but then, like, he's quiet for five games. I'm talking about as far as every week consistently highlights it, or, or I should say, you know, stability in numbers, getting, you know, 110 to 140 a week, and he's got that quick... Somebody said, the bartender over at Stand Up New York said to me, he goes, I haven't seen a guy be able to cut that fast since Barry Sanders, and he's not off. You got to watch. Like, when that guy is in trouble, he makes one quick cut and makes somebody miss, and you have not seen it since, like, a like a, like a Sanders, you know, because Tomlinson was more of downhill. He was just, like, he would make get the crease, and as soon as he got it, he was out. I mean, he made cuts, but this kid McCoy, man, he is special. And I said, I think if any team could go into Seattle and, and knock the Seahawks off, I think it's them. That's why I kind of want to see the Eagles beat the Saints because I want to see the Eagles go and play uh, Seattle because I think there's only two teams that could beat Seattle in Seattle. I think it's the 49ers and the Eagles. My pick for the Super Bowl is still intact. And by the way, everybody, my predictions were, I predicted three of the last four Super Bowl teams. I predicted, last, and this is all before week one, but I picked, uh, you know, I picked the Ravens and the 49ers, and I picked the 49ers to win, and I was wrong about that in the, in the year before. I picked the Packers to repeat against the Patriots, and it was the Giants instead, so I'll take that. But this year, I have the Broncos and the 49ers, and I believe I said the 49ers was gonna, we were going to win the Super Bowl this year, so I have to stick with that, but um, Peyton Manning, I mean, it doesn't it, it doesn't look like, the, the, it's going to be hard to stop Denver, I mean, the only thing that Denver lacks in is defense, which can come back and hurt him, but um, 
I love watching this running back for Philadelphia. I mean, as much as I hate to say that, I mean, I hate to say that, but I was thinking, like, if this guy was in a Giants uniform, this guy is unbelievable. Shady McCoy, and he's got an awesome nickname. Are you kidding me? Shady McCoy? Sounds like a fucking Charles Bronson. Shady McCoy? Oh, my God. It's unbelievable. The guy's got everything. I, I think that... All right, I'll do some. I'll do some playoff picks here. You know what the hell? It's the last of the last of the year. I'll do some. I think that the Eagles are going to beat the Saints by a field goal in the wild card game. I think the 49ers and the Green Bay Packers. As much as I hate to say it, because I picked uh, <laughs> I picked the 49ers to win the Super Bowl. So this is going to kind of sound like yeah, whatever. And I probably should stick with my pick, but. I think the way the Packers escaped that that game against the Bears in Chicago, and now they get to play the 49ers at home. Um, I think that's who they're playing. Yeah, that, that's that's tough, man. That's tough. I, I I think I'm scared for gun to my head. Oh, that's tough. I don't even know. 49ers just won six straight. I don't even know. Gun to my head. I don't like. I honestly feel like. I'm going to stick with my pick of the, the 49ers winning the Super Bowl because that's what I was saying all along. But gun to my head, I said it's a coin toss. Who wins this game in Lambeau Field? But you know I'm going to be all over it if, if the Eagles go into to, to Seattle and win. Dude, I called it because I think that that can happen. Because it's very simple in football. The three things that you need. You need a good quarterback, a running back, and a not awful defense. And that's why the Cowboys losing, even if they won, they had an awful defense, so they weren't going to go far. You know, but you got you got a good defense in the 49ers. You got a good, you know, good quarterback. He's playing better with the 49ers. You got a great running game with the 49ers. It's all. It's all, very simple. It's a very simple formula to win. You need obviously you need talent. You need the quarterback. You need a defense that that will bend but not break, and you need a running game and a quarterback. That's it. You don't need super superstar wide receivers to win in the NFL. The Giants proved that before. You know, before Cruz and them became who they were and stuff. We we've done it with you know the four, the 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 New England Patriots have won Super Bowls with average wide receivers. Um. The the but I don't even the Patriots are unbelievable because the Patriots won Super Bowl with average players all around. I mean they, they're just a, they're just a different animal. They're just so well coached and Brady's like a, a football god that like it, it's it's different with them. There's certain guys that kind of take it to like look at Aaron Rodgers, look at the Packers without him, and then look at him with him. I mean they got a good uh, for, uh, rookie running back too. Uh, that 27 kid who's been playing with the wrapped up uh, fucking. Uh, ankle, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so what else? Yeah, the Knicks keep losing. They're over. I mean, it's so sad. I, I can't even. The Knicks are over, and I can't believe Robinson Cano is not a Yankee anymore. I was sitting on my couch thinking about that yesterday. Well, this guy's not a Yankee anymore. Like I can't. Be, I still can't believe that. What a year it's been, people. What a year it's been, from top to bottom. First, the Effect Podcast, Episode One Forty Two. Everybody tune in to Bigfoot Further Evidence. Should be called Bigfoot Further Bullshit. Tune in. 
I'd actually watch it then. That those that those fucking people should be win Oscars. You they those people should go to the Oscar or win an Emmy just for being like like, you know. And winner for most full of shit acting, while truly believing they know. You know like I, I, just, I just I can't get over it. I'm sorry, I can't get over it. Um. Yeah, the Knicks suck. And I'll close out the sports by saying this. There's everybody's talking in New York. It's all over the New York papers and everything. The state of sports in New York. The the nightmare which is New York sports right now with all the teams, the Nets and the Knicks and the Jets and the Giants and the you know the Mets and then the the Yankees not making it. And and I'm not saying this to, you know, just because to be a dick cuz these are my teams. But I really don't think that you can really put the, the the Yankees a little bit more than the Giants because the Yankees do pay so much money, but the Yankees had a ton of injuries this year, and they you know they they kept the competitive down towards the end, and you can't win all the time. They won their fucking twenty eighth World Series what five years ago. So I mean I, I yeah, but then again they come back and they spend all this money. They're going to be back. So I, the Yankees I kind of don't put in there, but I definitely don't put the Giants in there, and here's why. I was talking to somebody at the club about this last night. You win two Super Bowls in seven years, okay? You have a quarterback that won Super Bowl MVP twice. You have an amazing head coach. You you play winning football every year. You start the year 0-6, okay? Then you win four in a row, and you end up winning seven of your last ten to finish at a respectable I'm not going to say respectable, but yeah, I mean, it's not, uh, seven and nine is, is not a good year, but it's not this colossal, awful thing. But, but even more importantly is winning in Detroit, like I said last week, when they had every reason to lay down, especially in Detroit, you know, they could have just went to Detroit, looked at the weather, you know, nicest part about Detroit is a fucking airport because you could leave it, you know, it's, 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 I mean, it's not very nice. Um, so I think them going to Detroit, winning that game, playing for their coach, playing for their quarterback was awesome. And then coming home and then beating a shitty, you know, Redskins team, which, by the way, these coaches don't fuck. I mean, these these owners don't fuck around. That Black Monday is no joke. You just wake up, and as soon as they're like, yeah, come to the office, we need to talk. It's like, bring your playbook, dude. You're getting, it's over. It's a wrap, dude. They just, they just get rid of guys. But, you know... I think the Giants winning those last two games the same way, you know, Rex Ryan saved his job. He went in, dude, they, they played hard for him. They wanted him back. He won in, you know, he um, he won in um, Miami where the Dolphins were looking at playoffs. Playoffs? No, he won, it, you know, so I, I think, uh, you know, that's what you want to show that the team didn't quit on you, and the Giants showed that. So, you know. Bill Burr was giving me a lot of shit going, oh, you shouldn't be proud. They're playing for their jobs. But fuck that. I am I'm not listen, I'm not proud of of millionaires, you know, that that play a game and make I'm 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 happy that as a Giants fan, I'm watching the team that wears my uniform or the uniform that I root for, I should say. I'm happy that they finished at a respectable record after starting 0 and 6. You know, so I don't say that that's a nightmare in New York. It's a bad year from a team that's recently won two Super Bowls. And look, there's a lot of injuries. Eli had a shitty year. We should have beat the Bears. 
with that interception. We were driving down. We should have beat them by one. I envisioned that happening. I thought it was going to happen. It, it, it had that written all over it as a Giants fan. And I know Bears fans were scared shit of it because we, we were ready to win that game 28-27. He throws the ball over to tight end's head when the tight end was pretty much open. It was totally on Eli. We should have won that game. And there were a couple of other things. But whatever. You can't make excuses. It didn't happen. We had some injuries. We'll be back. Now, as far as the Mets and Jets, yeah, it's a nightmare. You know, <laughs> the Mets, the Jets, the Nets, the, it's, it's, it's a nightmare. You know, we'll see what happens. But um, And what kills you the most if you're from New York is that Boston sports is in a great way right now. They just keep winning. They do it with like four teams, and we're just sitting here watching it. And, you know, and those fucking guys, you know, those drunk idiots tonight in Boston are going to be like, fucking title town, kid, you know? Fucking New York sucks, kid. And, like, you know, and they kind of have a point, which is just, which makes it even that much worse. But um, that's it. That's it for, that's it for sports. And um, we move on. (laughs) I just got a text confirming the spots tonight. Um... So that's it for that's the last unacceptable, the last sports, and um, I will review that uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Let's do some let's do some plugs, everybody, and I'll get get out of here. Hope everybody has a safe one. Be careful and be safe tonight. I'm getting a lot of texts about being safe. It's freaking me out. Um, by the way, there was a bomb. There was, last night there was a big explosion in the Bronx in in a park. And apparently this explosion made people's windows blow out. And I'm hearing that, I'm not trying to scare anybody, but this is what I'm hearing. I'm hearing that uh, the whole fireworks thing is a big cover-up and they were testing a bomb to maybe do something. And um, God forbid that happens, that's scary shit. You know, New York is all too familiar with with threats and and bombs and all kinds of stuff like that. But um, my manager lives in the Bronx and he said like he's got to board up his windows tonight and everything so I just I'm looking at it like you know I don't think fireworks because I mean does do fireworks blow your windows out like from blocks away I, I don't think so you know like that, that's the little I mean I'm not saying it's a, who knows what it is but like I, I don't know so um it was pretty weird it happened in a at Pelham in the Pelham Park or something and it was just kind of scary and i heard like from from the bronx all the way into westchester people heard this big boom so um i don't know just have your guard up be careful it's just a shame it's just a shame that we have to even think about that or worry about that you know they got like women blowing themselves up in russia it's like what the fuck are you like like nothing is that important to be you know like i would never you know what i mean like i'm not gonna miss dinner and miss hanging out and shit and blow myself like, like for what like I know dinner sounds silly, but you know what I mean. Like, I'm not going to... It's just ridiculous, man. Like, you got to worry about that. And I don't know. But a- anyway, um, so be safe, I guess. But uh, I'll do some plugs here. Tonight, guys, I'm going to have this posted up. Tonight, they're sold out, so I'm just going to... I guess they're sold out. But it, just to, you know, plug the, the club, it's been amazing, and it's been so insane. They broke records with um, with numbers and everything. 
But um, the stand in New York City tonight, I am going to be hosting the 8.30 and the 10.30 with that amazing lineup, I said. Wyatt's a knack from The Daily Show, Dan St. Germain, Comedy Central, Judah Friedlander from uh, 30 Rock, uh, Rachel Feinstein from Comedy Central, uh, Joe DeRosa from, from Comedy Central. It's, it's, just, uh, it's just an amazing show, an amazing lineup. We're going to have a great time. And um, I'm going to be doing that. And also, on Saturday, January 4th, I will be performing with a bunch of other great comedians at the uh, Twin Rivers uh, Theater in uh, Red Bank, New Jersey. Uh, It's a fundraiser or a charity, but it's in a nice theater, so I'll be doing that. And I don't know if it's sold out, so uh, look into that if you're in the New Jersey area because I'm going to have a good time. I was there last year, and uh, thankfully they liked me. They asked me back this year, so that should be a great time. And um, tomorrow is all of the new January dates that I'm getting will be up on the website and, uh, you know, working on getting into some cities, doing some stuff, doing some, you know, we're going to, we're working on that tour. We're going to be doing a a 10 city tour with me, Jason Lawhead, Joe Bartnick. So hopefully we come out to a show or a club near you. So, um, that's it. Uh, again, guys, can't thank you, uh, Verzi Effect podcast listeners, enough for all the support and comments, and um, you know, just positive feedback and support. It keeps me doing it, and uh, I love that you're loving it. So um, please have a have a happy and and really be safe. Keep your guard up. Drive safe. Watch these assholes who are fucking. You know, these fucking lightweights who can't, you know, just just watch everybody. You know, a lot of most people suck. You know that. Don't stand in lines to get a drink enjoy yourself and be safe and uh you know think about the ones you love and the ones that love you before you go out and all that stuff so uh that being said um have a great one uh 2013 was a a blast with you guys and uh, i'm ready to do it all over again for 2014 so that's it until episode 143 and until next year i am out of here i will talk to you guys soon